Hi there, this is Jen Lawrence, and you're listening to The Workplace Edit, a podcast for people development professionals, HR executives, and business owners who want to make work a better place to be. On this podcast, we talk about ways to address the talent gap, tackle reluctance to return to the office, deal with employee retention, burnout, discrimination, and other workplace issues, all with a trauma-informed lens. Welcome. Hey there, it's Jen. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Workplace Edit. I have been busy while I sold my house. I mentioned that on the last podcast. And then I've had to buy a house, which uh, if you live in a major city like Toronto is a challenge because there is very little inventory. And even though the markets are not great in terms of real estate, Supply and demand is just one of those economic forces that prevails, but luckily we were able to find something and now I'm going through the process of pretty significant downsizing. So it's interesting, you know, since I have this trauma-informed mindset that I apply to work to apply it to the moving process, you know, whether it's getting rid of things or, you know, driving things places or doing heavy lifting, you know, all of these things bring things up. And it just reminds me more and more that, you know, we are entire people. And whether we are, you know, moving or working or running a business, we bring that entire self to the process. And so it's a constant checking in of, um, you know, is this something in our work that isn't working? Or are we simply having a trauma response? So, In today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about how trauma can impact entrepreneurship. So if you're a business owner, um, some folks are intrapreneurs within organizations, or if you're a solopreneur, hopefully this resonates. I did a workshop with some folks through the city of Toronto, um, and it is a topic that seems to really be resonating, particularly post-COVID when, you know, a lot of us are really not back to the people that we were Uh, before 2020 and probably will never be. So I think it's a topical subject for today. So, you know, entrepreneurship is, it can be very fulfilling. It can be very rewarding. You know, if you're passionate about creating things and building something from scratch, it can be terrific. Um, But it can also be really challenging. You know, entrepreneurship brings something from us, requires something of us that really does dig into that whole self. You know, uh, entrepreneurship, someone on the call described it as kind of, uh, you know, a business encapsulation of who we are as humans. And I thought that was such a terrific explanation of what the entrepreneurial journey is. And so it's very difficult to separate yourself from, um, from trauma. And in fact, a lot of people are brought to entrepreneurship through trauma. When you look at um, folks who've had adverse childhood events, um, they are more likely to become entrepreneurs than to work in another fashion. And I think that's often because the traditional workforce is traumatizing. It reinforces traumas. It sometimes doesn't allow folks the flexibility to get help. You're more likely to be bullied in a workplace. And so I think a lot of people have chosen to be out on their own um, because of some of the trauma that they've had in their lives. And so you tend to see higher correlations with um, uh, needing some help with mental health and just having you know general stress and trauma levels among entrepreneurs than among the, you know, non-entrepreneurial population. So, 
you know, trauma, it, uh, again, we always think of these kinds of massive things that end up in the news. And so when you think of entrepreneurial trauma, you think of someone whose, you know, restaurant has burned down or who's had a robbery or who has had maybe a major betrayal by a business partner. Um, but it can really be any kind of distressing or disturbing experience that we've had that has some long ranging effects on our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And it does not necessarily have to be, have to have happened at work to show up at work. And so I wanted to go over the ways that I often see um, trauma showing up in entrepreneurship and then give some tips for how to overcome that. So I think one of the ways that trauma can show up, and a lot of this comes from the Ted and Brad Clones' idea of money disorders and money trauma, um, because our work is so closely interrelated to how we make money and how we survive in a capitalist society where money is the tool that allows us freedoms and survival techniques. Um, And so one of the ways it can show up is through a scarcity mindset. As entrepreneurs, we can believe that, you know, there's never enough of something. We don't have enough money for our business. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. We can't find good people to hire. Um, And if you have experienced trauma and grew up in an environment where resources were limited and you've had to kind of fight for everything that you have, this can lead to a really constant sense of anxiety and a feeling that you can't relax in your business even when things are going well. So in entrepreneurship specifically, it can show up as the fear of taking risks or making investments in one's business um, that you should be making and you feel scared to. So you may be hoarding your resources. You know, if you get paid for a project, you may want to kind of stick that all in the bank rather than reinvesting that in your business. And that can lead to some missed opportunities for growth, for expansion, um, and for investing in your own well-being. You know, entrepreneurs are really scared to take time off or hire support staff. And so it really can show up. And one of the questions I like to ask myself when I'm going through this, you know, process on my own is, what is the age of the person making this business decision? So if I make, you know, some money in my business and I think, well, I should probably spend that on doing some more marketing, but then there's a piece of me that is like, oh no, I really, really, really need to hold that back. Um, you know, often I'll realize that's probably going back to the age where I was first divorced. My kids were young. I felt financial scarcity and I felt like I had to kind of hoard all the wealth. Um, And so I'm not making that decision as a, you know, 50 plus year old business owner. I'm making it as someone much younger and in a much different circumstance. And so that allows me to get a little bit of distance from the problem and to say, okay, what is actually the logical and rational decision? And does that dovetail with some of that, you know, feeling that I have that may be coming from a place of trauma? Another place where you see it is overworking, and this is very common with entrepreneurs. Um, If you've had trauma, you may feel like, you know, you're never safe. And so therefore you have to constantly like stay busy, work harder than anyone else, prove your worth. And that can lead to a cycle of overworking and burnout. You know, and that way you're not able to find any balance between work and personal life. And these are the folks who tend to give up the business. You know, you're just so burned out that you need to move into something new. 
Um, overworking can also be a bit of a band-aid, a bit of self-medication for dealing with some symptoms of trauma, such as when you feel anxious or depressed. You know, when you're busy, busy, busy and focus on the work, you can avoid dealing with some underlying emotional pain of trauma. So, you know, when you find that you're exhausted from your work, um, again, it's good to check in and just say, you know, why am I doing this? What is the age of the person making this decision? Because sometimes, like if you're trying to get a product to market, if you're, you know, uh, doing a launch, you know, you need to work a lot. A lot of entrepreneurs work extremely hard. But if that project has passed and instead of taking some much deserved time off, you're just kind of diving into the next thing, you can get curious about, is this in fact a trauma response? Undercharging. Undercharging is a big one. Uh, entrepreneurs who've experienced trauma um, often have a lack of self-worth that leads them to think that they don't believe they're deserving of money, particularly if it's something that you are creating yourself. You know, if you're like drop shipping products and understand what the margins you're supposed to build in to make a money doing that, you know, it may impact you less. If you're, say, providing a one-to-one service, you know, if you're like a coach or a massage therapist, uh, if you're an artist, you might think, you know, my work isn't really deserving of that fee. Uh, You can be using it as a way to people please. You know, when people say, oh, you're such a bargain, I love hiring you because you're such a bargain, you know, it might make you feel good in the moment. Um, But if people are saying that all the time, chances are you're truly undercharging. So again, it's asking yourself, who, who is it that is setting this price? Is it me based on research that I've done in the market, looking at my competition, doing some trial runs to see what the market will bear? Or is this me really underselling myself, feeling like I don't deserve to be paid a certain amount of money? Undercharging is one of the most serious ones for an entrepreneur's business, because if you're not charging enough, you're not going to be able to sustain what you're doing. You know, you're not going to be profitable. You're going to start resenting your clients and your customers. And, you know, the, the less you're paid, the more it reinforces that idea that you're not worthy of success. So it can, you know, lead to this cycle of self-sabotage and, and some limiting beliefs. Disordered attachment. Um, trauma often impacts a person's ability to form healthy attachments and relationships, and that can extend to your personal and your professional lives. So in entrepreneurship, um, maybe you don't trust people. Like maybe you don't want to hire a virtual assistant or someone to help you out because you ultimately don't trust people. Um, you might push people away. Someone might call you and say, Hey, I want to explore your products and services. And you're immediately like, yeah, what do they want? You're kind of looking at them in a cynical way. Um, entrepreneurship, you're often forming partnerships, even if it's not a formal business partnerships, you're often collaborating with other folks, sharing ideas, putting on workshops together. And again, if there are trust issues, um, or if you kind of, you know, go to the other extreme where you're almost codependent on a person, it can lead to some real vulnerabilities in your business. And so, you know, again, when you're reacting to someone offering to partner with you or to collaborate with you, it's again, very useful to just ask what age am I and what, 
what is informing this kind of gut decision. And and I'm not saying to not listen to your intuition at all, because intuition could be such a great gift. Um, what I am saying is that when you have an immediate response to something, particularly if it's a negative response, to get a little bit curious as to why you think that might be. You know, is that based on logic or is that based on a, a trauma response? You know, you're being triggered in some way and it's taking you back to a time that may or may not have the same facts as the present moment. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs with trauma struggle with the fear of loss. Um, it can manifest as a fear of failure or a fear of losing everything they've worked for. And it can really prevent folks from taking risks and making some bold moves in their business because they're so focused on avoiding loss rather than achieving success. Um, it can also lead to a lack of resilience. You have one, you know, bad review on, on Google, or you have one person criticizing things, or you get fired by a client and you're really undone and it's hard to bounce back. Again, you can look at that and say, is that real? Is this like real feedback that what I'm doing isn't serving the market well, or is this just you know, kind of the cost of doing business. Not everyone's going to love you. Some people are jerks. And if you get a response to your product or service that isn't what you want, it's kind of dusting yourself off and saying, you know, there's plenty more fish in the sea. Let's go find some other customers. So, you know, it's one to look out for um, because if you're so afraid of losing things and you're not taking risks in your business, it can really be holding you back perfectionism. This is one that I struggle with. I know a lot of um, women and folks who identify as women struggle with this simply because there is a, um, a tendency of society to expect perfectionism for women. And uh, it's a belief system that we have to be flawless and that we cannot make mistakes. And so, you know, for some entrepreneurs who've experienced trauma, perfectionism can be a coping mechanism. It can be a way of not putting ourselves into the world because we're scared. And so we just keep saying, it's not quite ready today. The restaurant's not quite ready to open. The book is not ready to submit to the publisher. Um, the piece of content that I've created is not ready to send to the client. Um, and so, you know, it's good to be diligent and careful with your work, but being a perfectionist can be very dangerous for your business because it means you're probably not going to innovate. Innovation is built on a series of failures and then, you know, figuring out what the problem is and moving forward. Like you can't innovate or do any form of design thinking and move, move things forward if you're not willing to fail. Um, and a fear of taking risks again, you know, you might not take on a loan that you need to grow your business. You might not put yourself out there because you feel like if the tiniest mistake is found that you're going to feel like you're like not a professional. It can lead to burnout and a lack of productivity. If you're just trying to perfect every little thing, the, the packaging has to be perfect. There cannot be one semicolon out of place. It can take you back like weeks and months. And in some cases, you'll just simply never put your product into the world because perfectionism is not a realistic standard. So it's one to really watch out for. 
Now, knowing that there are all of these things that can come up from our earlier life that impact our business, what as entrepreneurs can we do? So, you know, there's a few strategies. I think seeking support is one of the key ones. Seek support from other folks. Um, In some cases, that's working with a therapist. You know, some traumas really do need to be processed through professional therapists who have training in trauma. You can sometimes use a coach to help you, you know, recognize, hey, this is a trauma response. And maybe we, maybe we shelve this for now and you go have a a session with a therapist, or maybe it's the kind of thing that you can recognize and acknowledge and and move forward from. And sometimes a coach can help you with that. Um, You can have mentors. You don't have to just have paid professionals. Um, Some people establish a sort of informal board of directors. It's something I recommend for entrepreneurs of folks in your social circle who, you know, can look at your business with different lenses and help you see like, Hey, I think it really is ready. Like just send it out there. I feel like it's your perfectionist tendencies holding it back. It looks great to me. It can be really helpful to have folks like that, um, on your side, helping you with your business. And if you're an entrepreneur, get in with a group of other entrepreneurs because you can, you know, help each other see some of your trouble spots. You can encourage each other and that can be really helpful. Uh, self-care, self-care, self-care. I think I will rarely ever do a talk where I don't mention self-care. If you have experienced trauma, um, you have to take care of yourself. And post-COVID, most of us have experienced trauma. Um, it's important to take your care of yourself physically. A lot of trauma gets locked in the body. So, you know, going for a walk, Um, doing some breathing exercises, doing a yoga class can be helpful. Your emotional health is very important. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs meditate to sort of let them know that they aren't their emotions, they aren't their thoughts, um, and that they do have more control over those things than they think. Uh, It's also important to spend time with supportive people. You know, that's a big part of self-care. Who are your champions? Who do you get off the phone with and you feel a lot better than your you know, when you first started talking to them, those are really important people to talk to. Uh, Challenge your limiting beliefs. You know, sometimes a lot of self-talk is useful when you're an entrepreneur. You know, if, if you feel like you should do a price increase because inflation's going up, your cost of business is higher, and you need to do a price increase just to keep whole, let alone the fact that you're, you know, adding more value to your clients and you're reluctant, you know, challenge some beliefs. This might be some time to do some market research or to take a look at what some other folks are doing in terms of price increases. Um, You can challenge some of those beliefs like, I always have to be the cheapest one. Well, why? Maybe that was true when you started your business and you had no experience, but it's not true now. So by challenging some beliefs and allowing your mindset to shift, you can really start moving your business forward. Um, building resilience is key. You know, it's hard to be an entrepreneur without resilience because, you know, you will have grumpy clients. Uh, it's hard dealing with banks when you're an entrepreneur, you know, there's just a lot of kind of headache in the entrepreneurial journey. And so building some resilience can be very helpful. And, you know, again, we go back to just making sure you're in a good place mentally, spiritually, physically, socially, um, and that you start doing some things that you love 
and then reward yourself. You know, when you make a, a decision in your business and it goes well, reward yourself. And if you fail, have the mindset that you're going to learn from that failure and move forward and succeed. And the more you can start to trust that, hey, whether things go well or they go not so well, I'm either, you know, you win or you learn is kind of the expression. I'm going to win or I'm going to learn. And that helps make you a resilient person. Um, Setting realistic goals. There's so much out there on social media, this kind of pink entrepreneur, girl boss, hustle culture, where it says, you know, just sign up for this class or put yourself on TikTok and, you know, you're going to go viral and the business is just going to flow in. Most of those people are selling programs to help you do that, or they claim to help you do that. You know, most of those people couldn't actually drop into your business model and do that. You know, there used to be this sense of tiny classified ads, you know, back when I was younger, there were actually like physical newspapers and there would be physical classified ads and there would be a tiny classified ads in the business opportunities section. And it would say, you know, send $10 and, and get our tips for making thousands of dollars from your home. And so you'd send in the money and then they'd send you like this small piece of paper that would basically say, go to your local newspaper, place a tiny classified ad that says, you know, send in some money and we'll teach you the tips. So basically it was this kind of like pyramid scheme idea with not a lot of added value. Well, there's a lot of that out there in the world right now. And so it's hard when you see people all over TikTok and Instagram who seem to be making, you know, millions of dollars a month from their living room or, or worse from, you know, some beautiful island somewhere while lounging on a yacht. The reality is that's not the typical entrepreneurial experience. Doesn't mean that you can't be wildly successful. Doesn't mean that you can't grow a business in a way that's amazing. But having realistic goals is very helpful because then you're not going to get so disappointed if things, you know, you don't go viral within the first minute and you're not able to monetize that in the next minute, but rather you set some small goals for yourself, you achieve them and you celebrate those successes. And that's, what's going to allow you to build a business over, you know, two, five, 10, 20 years forever and create that kind of legacy business that, um, you'll be very proud to have built. So entrepreneurship, you know, I think it's a great career path. I think it can be rewarding. I also know it can be extremely hard. I think all of us, you know, think at some point, do we just want to go find a job because the entrepreneurship path can feel frustrating at times. And I'm a big fan of hybrid. I'm a big fan of having a job that you love, but then also having a side hustle, an entrepreneurial side hustle that is a passion project. I think that can be a really interesting way to play with the entrepreneurial side of yourself, but not having kind of all of the eggs in that basket. And if you're a person who's had a lot of trauma, um, it can be helpful to feel like you have a bit of a safe backstop because safety and security is huge in helping you heal and work through the trauma piece. So you know, just summarizing, watch out for those scarcity mindsets for overworking, undercharging, uh, disordered attachments, fear of loss and perfectionism. 
and lean into self-care, surrounding yourself with great people, setting realistic goals, challenging your limiting beliefs. And with those strategies in place, you can bring your whole self to your business, right? It doesn't mean that the only people who concede in business are those who have somehow skirted through life avoiding trauma because that's nobody, you know, by the, we've all experienced some form of trauma and by the end of our lives, we, we all will have experienced something. So it's really learning to balance, um, you know, all of those kind of personal things that come up in our business, but also being able to decide, okay, now I need to set the business thing aside and really address the trauma piece, or I can put on a different lens and see that I was making a decision from a place of trauma, but now I can make a decision from a place of, you know, research and analysis and all of that kind of rational brain thinking that helps us do well in business. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, it's a space that I'm, you know, eager to work more in because I've been finding some of the workshops that I'm doing. It's really resonating with folks. So if you are a entrepreneur and this has helped you, you know, connect with me on social media. Um, I'm at workplace edit on Instagram and you can hop over to processdesign.ca or processdesignconsultants.com for more content in this area. And until then, I hope you have a safe and productive and fruitful week. And we will um, catch you sometime next week. I usually drop a podcast on Monday because I'm in the middle of a move and I'm doing my own self-care. Occasionally, I will skip a week or be on a different date. Um, September, I should be back to a regular programming schedule. But until then, if you hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, you'll uh, you'll get the content whenever it is ready. So thank you again and have a wonderful week.